Welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 6th of May, 2022. Happy Friday, glorious, beautiful, delicious Friday. Uh, Mother's Day weekend ahead. So there's your reminder. Get with it. <laughs> if you if you need another reminder beyond that, you're on your own. Listen to this podcast again. You got until Sunday to figure it out, fellas and ladies. You got mothers, too. Anyway, that'll be a subject of discussion today. Mothers in general. But before we get to that, I just want to remind you, plead with you, actually, go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast, sign up to support the program, get the Week in F and Review, special pictures of the family, the kids have pictures posted up there, they didn't do it, I did, and the contest every week, autographed books being given away, so patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast, all one word, check it out, Lord knows you're going to waste five bucks ten times over this month why not spend it in a place where it'll help you sleep better sleep better better sleep not guaranteed <laughs> anyway appreciate all of that uh, let's let's get on with the show lots of ground to cover today lots going on bunch of audio these people are absolutely nuts there's nothing more enjoyable to me personally than watching a leftist have a meltdown and uh, the leaked story from the supreme court on monday has really it's the global warming of politics. It has caused a complete and total meltdown. My God, these people are out of control, insane. I never, I don't understand the love of abortion. You know, I'll be honest with you. When I was younger, especially, I could see why people would have abortions. Is you know, stupid, superficial things like you'll never be able to go out and get hammered again on a Friday night, that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you're young and dumb, you're young and dumb. And you sit there and you go, okay, that makes sense. 50, 60-year-old adults. Elizabeth Warren seriously needs to consider being institutionalized. She is so upset about this, horrified at the prospect that somebody would have a baby. Well, uh, here's the thing. There are so many ways that you can easily avoid getting pregnant. It's one of the easiest things to to avoid. That and burning up in the sun are probably two of the easiest things to avoid. You don't want to burn up in the sun. Don't launch yourself in a rocket ship towards the sun. Problem solved. I mean, look, if the thing goes supernova, we're done for anyway, so doesn't really matter. But if you're worried about leaving your friends and family, don't launch yourself into the sun. And odds are at least 80% that you're not going to die burning up in the sun's atmosphere. And if you don't want to get pregnant, keep your pants on. If you don't want to get somebody pregnant, keep your pants I know, that's no fun. What are you going to do? You just said drinking on a Friday night, right? Am I right? Who does that for any other reason? Well, then there are a whole bunch of other things that you can do to avoid getting pregnant. I'm not going to go through them here. If you, if you haven't figured it out for yourself by now, it's A, not an issue. and <laughs> you're, you're probably never going to kiss a member of the opposite sex. Or uh, you should call up your parents and go, why didn't you tell me this stuff? A simple Google search after you weed through the 800 pages of porn results will give you the answers you seek on how best to avoid 
pregnancy. Like I said, pregnancy, avoiding pregnancy is, is easier to avoid than getting hit by a train. Stay off the tracks, you'll be fine. But the left thinks that somehow immaculate conceptions are happening all over the place and only they can prevent the second coming of Jesus Christ or something like that with the help of Planned Parenthood. Or there are a series of now, you know, Actually, it's becoming more of a real threat now that the left wants everybody to use any bathroom they want, that a, a series of filthy bathrooms and uh, haphazard, lazy cleanups could lead to a, an unwanted pregnancy, the logistics of which, while possible, are a long shot. Again, I won't bore you with the details. If your mind's eye can't see them already, and I apologize to anybody eating breakfast, lunch, or dinner, wherever you happen to be in the world, uh, who is now visualizing what I'm joking about. But real honestly, where the hell are these people living that people are just getting pregnant? Yeah, people do get pregnant. You know why? Because they're stupid. Because they, they walk right past all of those warning signs, all of those options, all of those opportunities to avoid getting pregnant, and they do the only thing you can do to get pregnant, and they get pregnant. It's like walking with the... Have you ever seen... I, I used to work in uh, retail. used to work in malls. I've had so many... Over 75 jobs. One of my favorite things at the mall, and if this ever happened to you, I apologize, but we laugh at you as mall employees because uh, we've all done it to one degree or another, but we laugh at you because there's so much to laugh at in the mall. And if you're working in a mall, there's, you know, you need all the laughs you can get. I worked in a record store where the name of the record store was written on a glass wall, the glass partitions all the way floor to ceiling. So it was a wall. The name of the store was written all over it at eye level. At eye level. Now, yeah, we had to... Had to didn't squeegee it. I had to spray it with Windex and wash it down. So it was very clean. But there is no doubt that there's something there if you didn't notice that there was something there because the words of the store, the name of the store, were at eye level. Yet I can't tell you how many people I watched walk straight into that thing, both coming and going. Now, coming in, there's a giant archway opening like there is in a mall, and then there's this little section. It was a very small store. This little section that had the glass and people would ignore the archway that people were coming in and out of. It was wide open. It was plain as day that that was the way in and walk right into the glass to get out. There was a very narrow passage between the counter where the register was and the way that you could go and walk into the glass. <laughs> you had to like shimmy sideways the only reason that space existed, I don't know, is they, they didn't want to put the register all the way up there and they wanted to be able to have a little bit of space for display, even though we could we could hang CDs on the wall, but we couldn't, it wasn't big enough to put anything out there. You could, Once you got shimmied past the thing, there's a little bit of room, I suppose, but uh, people would shimmy past that and walk into the glass. Like, what, who, who do you think is... Who designed the store in your head that the only way in and out is to shimmy through this narrow area, adding to the fact 
that you came in the giant archway that was literally on the other side of the pillar that you were partially shimming past because you had to shimmy past the archway that contained the uh, the gate, the pull-down gate that you lock up at night, and the counter. Did you shimmy in? Is there any part of your brain? That, but people just, just smashed into it. People will find a way to be stupid. People will find a way to be stupid when it comes to having sex. People will find, look at this. It's just part of our nature. Part of our nature. It takes all types to keep the world spinning around. I just get the sinking feeling that some people in that process are slowing the revolution. Just saying. Some people got their finger on the record. But uh, the freak out of the left, oh my God, women are getting pregnant and they don't want to get pregnant. Yeah, they are. Okay. But if you passed by every warning sign and your face smashed right into the word, the name of the store on glass, whose fault is that? I'll tell you, some of these people were lucky that glass was so thick because, I mean, it put them on their ass a lot of times. But if it weren't and they'd shattered it, it probably would have killed them. It probably would have killed them. The young, dumb people would hit it going at a pretty good speed too because they're like "Ooh, a record store let's go in there and try and shoplift and then bang right into the windows beautiful thing to watch but you know the pregnancy thing not a beautiful thing to watch somebody else making a baby but if you don't want to have one there are all sorts of things you can avail yourself of before and afterwards that will help you and during in many ways not going to get into the details again. If you, if you can't figure it out, it's not an issue for you, and it'll probably never be an issue for you. Yet our leftist friends can't manage any of them. When you sit there and when you listen to a li- liberal talk, and they talk about things in the most condescending way, and you think, who are these people talking to like they're in third grade? Well, first of all, they want to talk to third graders about sex. They want to talk to kindergartners about sex. Secondly... They're talking not to you. They recognize that you're too smart to figure it out. They're talking to their supporters who are dumb. You have to be dumb if you're sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm going to be able to make a choice. You can make a choice. You can make a choice every single day to take a little pill that will do its damnedest to be like 99% effective in getting you not pregnant. If you really just can't control yourself, there you go. If uh, that is uh, too much responsibility every day, you got to do this. There are certain things you can use at the time, but nope, these leftists freak out. So I want to play you this um, thing from the Young Turks. This is kind of funny because they're now they're so mad that they're getting mad at their own side, which I appreciate. I, I really the rage is. It's a like a it's scattershot. It's in all directions. It's that supernova, the sun, right? It goes in all directions, doesn't just blurst out in one direction. It just expands. The rage is now not only directed at conservatives for existing wrong, that's a permanent set of uh, state of rage. There is now a group of leftists who are really pissed off at the left for not doing anything. Now, this is actually smart. In that uh, if Democrats cared so deeply about this, they would have done something. I would remind you that the first two years of Barack Obama's tenure in office, they controlled the Senate and the House. And for a period of time before Ted Kennedy went to hell, 
They had the Senate with 60 votes. They could have done anything they wanted. They didn't do anything about immigration because they'd rather have the issue. They deliberately chose not to do anything about immigration. They deliberately chose not to do anything about abortion. They could have, if they'd wanted to, codified Roe v. Wade into law. They knew it was poorly decided. Darth Vader Ginsburg herself had said it was horribly decided, a horribly decided case. They could have put it into statute. They didn't, they not only didn't, they didn't try. They didn't try because they'd rather have... What's, how do you run? How do you campaign on an issue if you solve the issue, if you address the issue? You can't. It's a staple of politics in general for both parties. Anyway, so the Young Turks, a uh, woman is... Uh, well, there's uh, Cenk Uger, who is just wildly unpopular and apparently totally insufferable. I met him once at the garden party at the... Uh, White House Correspondents Association dinner. He's just an insufferable person. Nobody was talking. Nobody wanted to talk to him. And this is when he had a show on MSNBC. He was there. Nobody wanted to talk to the guy. Um, total D-bag. And Anna Kasparian. She is mad. She is mad at Democrats. And I do love a good liberal circular firing squad. Listen to her freak out about how these Democrats haven't done anything after hating, of course, she hates Republicans. We don't even have paid family leave. We don't even have affordable child care in this freaking country. Okay, and the people who fight against those kinds of laws are Republicans. And yet... What do you want them to do with their kids when they have to go to work? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to do? I want them to answer that freaking question. Isn't it amazing? God, ask them the goddamn question. God. Isn't, isn't it amazing that not one Democrat has shown 1% of the passion that Anna has today? They don't care. They They're don't fine. care. They're they don't fine. Care. They're all so old, they don't even have to worry about it affecting them. And if they're young enough where it would affect them, they'll get their abortion. They're going to okay? fly to they're Paris. They're trading individual stocks, enriching themselves. They're good. They're good. They don't care about you. Make sure you understand that and you feel it in your bones. They don't care about you at all. All of that fundraising, all of that canvassing, all of that hard work on the ground, they can't even get a voting rights bill passed. They're losers. Trisha Briggs writes in, thank you, Anna, for communicating this momentous injustice and the rage we're all feeling today. Oh, the rage you're all feeling. I feel that rage, don't you? <laughs> oh, Democrats are losers. They're losers. Okay, yep, don't vote. The only way to show Democrats that they're doing wrong is to stay home come November, ladies and gentlemen. Stay home, Democrats. That's it. That's you've just got to stay. I love at the beginning. We don't even have paid family leave. We don't have this or that or the other thing. How are we? What are we supposed to do? All of these concepts didn't exist till like 20 minutes ago, yet somehow humanity managed to survive. Managed to survive and managed to raise children. But now they're like, how are we supposed to do the things that other people easily were able to do for generations? And, and we just can't. What are we supposed to do? Where's the government program to help us? It's a sign that you failed as a parent. 
that your kid is like on YouTube going, where's the government help for me? Well, I don't know. Maybe you could figure out a way to take care of your parents. Maybe you could, I don't know, ask a neighbor, a family member, pay for child care. You know, do all those. We don't have government subsidized child care. Well, a chank right next to you there is the boss of the Young Turks. Maybe now's a good time to hit him up for a raise, Anna. If you if you're having difficult, I don't think you have kids, but if you're thinking about it, the only thing holding you back is what are you going to do with them while you're in the YouTube studios screaming like a banshee about how government's got to do more for you? Maybe you hit him up for a raise. You know, they're valued at like hundreds of millions of dollars. This ridiculous Young Turks outfit. Their popularity is crashing. It's not working out very well for them. But still, Jenk ain't going hungry. Look at the dude. He's not missing a meal. Maybe hit him up for a raise right now. <laughs> How are we supposed to do what everybody else has been able to do? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that both of those people in that video came from parents. Right? Uh, well, I know. Stick with me. Both of them came from parents that didn't have federally subsidized child care, yet somehow they managed to survive. Now, maybe they were thrown in a wicker basket into a dumpster behind an Applebee's and forgotten and raised by a roving band of coyotes or hobos or whatever it was. That might be the case. I am not their uh, biographer, but I doubt it. I suspect their parents managed to do it. I would also suspect that they know people who are managing to do it right now. But um, that's too much to ask. Liberals are always offended on behalf of people who don't exist, on behalf of problems that are easily solved, but they don't want them the solutions to be known because the solutions, more often than not, don't involve government. If a solution doesn't involve government, what's the point? Right? Honestly. I love these freakouts, though. Yes, please, Democrats, stay home in November. It's the only way to teach the Democratic Party a lesson. The, the young turds, or I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. The young Turks are not the only people who have uh, had on-air meltdowns over this leaked early draft opinion, which doesn't mean anything. My God, these people... I just see sex cells and panic cells. You're dealing with sex selling cells to a much broader audience, but most people are not uh, all that concerned about abortion. They're just not. This is when I say I said the other day, like, look, because people are saying this is going to hurt Republicans come the election, or this is going to help Republicans, or whatever. It doesn't. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. If you care about this issue on either side of it, your vote's already decided, right? It's not like suddenly you go, wait a second, wait a moment. I was a hardcore conservative, but now I understand that they are in favor of overturning Roe versus Wade. I shan't be voting for them again. No, the people who are, have their votes moved by the abortion issue have already got their party registration set. If their ballots had been mailed to them, they've already filled them out. They found the straight line D or R, and that's it. That's it. So I'm not sure. It might motivate a very small percentage more people who are just sitting around on their butts to go out. The Democrats are hoping to God that this will motivate young people 
You know, this is what they're counting on. This will motivate the young people to come out and, and vote and participate. No, the, the Republicans have opened up a, a can of whoop-ass on themselves. Not really. Because those young people, if they're going to go to the polls, they're going to have to fill up their cars. And uh, when they fill up their cars, they're going to go, good Lord, this is a, like a, a week's pay. To fill up my car. Now, which do you think they're going to be more upset by or about? That every week they have to put more money into their uh, their gas tank than they're making? Or this mythological, we might have to have an abortion thing where they could easily avoid getting pregnant in the first place. Which do you think is going to be more immediate? The fact that they're reading story after story and Bill Gates and all other outlets going, you're going to have to get used to eating bugs. Eating bugs is the new meat. No, it's not. It's eating bugs. That, well, for the climate, for the country, and meat is so expensive, you should consider eating a pile of cockroaches. Like, oh, smashed into meatloaf form. Yeah. <laughs> my mother. <sighs> Love my mother. Love my mother. But she... When uh, she was alive, she made great food. I loved everything, almost everything she made. I hated her meatloaf. She could never understand it. She, for the longest time, kept forgetting that I hated her meatloaf. Eventually, she got it, and then it became a running joke, and I think she made it more frequently because I didn't like her meatloaf because I, I had to eat it. it was, what was I going to do? I was a kid. But her meatloaf, my dad loves her meatloaf. My dad, and it does make a good sandwich the next day. I'll give you that. But it was plain. I have since made meatloaf. My mother's passed away. She never got to try my meatloaf. But I have uh, perfected meatloaf. It involves a lot of things in it because you can put anything you want in a meatloaf. My mother was just basically a can of onion soup, ground beef, and uh, that's it. <laughs> like, why don't you like it? Because it's plain. Anyway, oh, update on my dad. My dad is doing better. They took the tube out of his nose and... Uh, Hopefully, he'll be home today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, so thanks for all the prayers on that. And keep them going because you just never know until you're out of the hospital. You want to get out of the hospital. But anyway, the liberal freakout wasn't just reserved for, well, I can't say left-wing activists because they're media people. They're all left-wing activists. wasn't just reserved for people who are openly left-wing activists. Let me say that. This uh, this is a little two montages. One's a little short one, a montage with uh, Stephen Colbert, Joe Scarborough, and Ellie Mistal. Ellie Mistal is a justice reporter or something like that. I don't know what the hell he's supposed to be. He looks like a cross between Doc Brown from Back to the Future and Fat Albert. Actually, he looks like Doc Brown ate Fat Albert, except he's black. Uh, he's got crazy hair, and he's a nut job, and he's always screaming and whining about racism, which is why he's usually on with Joy Reid. That's her kink. That's her fetish. Um, Ellie Mistal, you can understand, he's probably not going to have, it's, I don't know if he's married, if he's gay or he's straight, but I can't imagine anybody wanting to reproduce with him. Maybe somebody did, who knows. Uh, and there's somebody out there for everybody, good Lord. Stephen Colbert has kids already. And he's he's done having them. Joe Scarborough, I suspect Joe Scarborough, and it's just my spidey sense tingling, take it for what it's worth. I suspect Joe Scarborough 
even though he used to be a, allegedly a pro-life Republican, it's amazing what uh, your brain on MSNBC will do and the things you'll do to keep a paycheck. But given Joe Scarborough's marital history, he's on marriage number three. Um, there's a common denominator in all those failed marriages, and it's that dude. And he had a bit of a reputation uh, while married of being a player. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody told me I would not go, you, the hell you say, how dare you? I would not be surprised if Joe Scarborough is familiar with the payment procedures for an abortion at a Planned Parenthood and how much money he needs to take out from his from an ATM because he doesn't want to write a check. That would just be my guess. It's just a guess. Just a guess. My opinion, but I think so. But they're both very, very, or all three of them are very, very upset about this. And uh, the first voice you're going to hear is Ellie Mistal, then it's Stephen Colbert, then it is Joe Scarborough. The Founding Fathers didn't recognize abortion as a fundamental right because the Founding Fathers were racist, misogynist, jerk faces who didn't believe that women had any rights at all. So if these folks believe that Roe v. Wade was so egregiously decided, why didn't they tell the senators that during their confirmation hearings? So they lied, which I think is perjury. It's more likely that somebody on the hard right was really pissed off that a justice moved away from Alito's really harsh right-wing diatribe on abortion. It was a classic, hey, we've got the receipts, buddy. You're a bunch of jerk faces. That guy makes a living giving his opinion. And that is his opinion. You're a bunch of jerk, racist jerk faces. Oh, my God. You know, there's not a single wall in this country keeping you in the country, Ellie. You're welcome to leave. And we'll, hell, I'll help you pack. I'll even subsidize part of your ticket. As long as part of this work that I'd be doing for you is met with a complete renunciation of your citizenship. They never want to take that step, do they? They never do. But the idea, some of these people, Stephen Colbert, these people lied. They didn't say that they thought that this was horribly, they didn't say anything in their uh, confirmation hearings. You know why nobody says anything in their confirmation hearings, Stephen Colbert? Because of what Joe Biden did to Robert Bork. Robert Bork, if you go back to look at the Robert Bork hearings and you look at Supreme Court, there really wasn't a whole lot of them on film, but Robert Bork was one of the first ones in the C-SPAN era that uh, the Democrats could really go after. They couldn't go after Sandra Day O'Connor, although I don't know if that one was covered or not. But um, Robert Bork was open. He answered the questions, and his answers were twisted and bastardized by Joe Biden and Ted Kennedy, and he was lied about. They just wanted a scalp. They wanted to prevent a conservative from getting on the court, and they did. They wanted to ruin a man's reputation, and uh, they couldn't do that, but they kept him off the Supreme Court. It's really sick, sick people. And uh, this is, since then, you get people saying, I'm not going to answer anything. Go back and watch Darth Vader Ginsburg's confirmation hearing. She was a, what, a lead advocate lawyer for the ACLU. There's no doubt where she felt. In all of her decisions, she was always on the left. But she didn't answer any questions during her hearings up there. These Republicans, why didn't they say they were against it? Well, because if a case comes before it, you cannot have a judge on record saying, God, I hate this law. 
This law sucks. It's horrible. And the first chance I get, I'm going to overturn that SOB. You can't do that. You have to base every decision on the merits of that particular case. That's what makes freaking out about a draft ridiculous. Why don't you wait and see what happens? But the left can't wait and see what happens. Everything else sucks in the country for them. So they need a distraction. This is a perfect distraction. You notice Ukraine's disappeared from the papers. It's not on the news in Ukraine. Eh, you know, People are still dying over in Ukraine, last I checked. But uh, they don't care about it anymore because abortion. Abortion is everything to the left. So you're sitting there and you go, well, if they did say that they were... No, none of those people, by the way, said what Stephen Colbert said, that uh, they would not vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. That it would, no, they didn't. In fact, if you look at what they said, it is very, very similar to what Justice Sonia Sotomayor said about the Heller decision, the right of individuals to keep and bear arms. The reason it was decided 15, 20 years ago. She said it was settled law. You know, it's a precedent, what have you. And then there have been cases since her time on the bench where she has tried and she has voted on the side that would have overturned Heller. Did she lie? Probably, actually. But uh, there's a possibility that she simply heard the merits of the case and the merits of the case won out. It's weird that she's never heard a case where the conservative side of the case would win out, but that's beside the point. So you, you see, if the same standards that these little freaks of nature over there on the left want to hold everybody else to were actually applied to them, they would not pass muster. They would not clear that bar. But they're not held to those standards. They're never held to those standards. They wouldn't stand up to it. Tax the rich. Hey, you're worth $25 million, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, but we really the real problem starts at $30 million. Uh, leave the people with $25 million alone. Go after the people with $30 million or more. The next montage is genuine media journalists, <laughs> if you will. The David Muir's of the world, the anchor at ABC News, Terry Moran over at ABC News. All of these guys, you've got to imagine they have a, a deep history with abortion. I don't understand how anybody gets so upset about this, one way or another. Just if you're a reporter, it's not that difficult to remain indifferent while doing a package. You're doing a package that involves editing. You're doing multiple takes. How about you choose a take where you're not you know, clutching your pearls and engaging your fainting couch as the back of your wrist goes to your forehead and you go limp. How about that? No, no, no. This is who the left is. This is who they're trying to appeal to. Never forget they hate you. They hate you. And if you hated them back, it would be absolutely justified. Here's another media montage. The ruling shows five conservative justices ready to overturn Roe versus Wade, the 1973 decision that laid the foundation for abortion rights in this country. But in this case, given the oral arguments last December, when the conservatives were clearly asking questions, not about whether to overrule Roe versus Wade, but how they might do it. But the draft shows four other conservatives joining Alito. Clarence 
Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, and Brett Kavanaugh. The conservative majority is prepared to do something no court has ever done, roll back a previously granted constitutional right. Moderate Republican Senator Susan Collins, who voted to confirm conservative justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, says she feels misled by their responses about Roe v. Wade. With another accusing two conservative justices of betraying their previous pledges about Roe. Five conservative justices are prepared to upend nearly half a century of abortion rights precedent. And given the strength and force of this opinion, it's clear the writing is on the wall. These people know it. Roe's days are numbered. Roe's days are numbered. Don't you love the, the Terry Moran? This court is getting ready to do what no court has ever done. Roll back a previously granted constitutional right. A previously granted constitutional right. Um, the Constitution doesn't grant rights. The Constitution protects rights with which we were all born from government meddling. If you start believing and buying into the concept that the left sells, that the Constitution, that the federal government is the grantor of rights, then why would you be surprised? And what would it matter if they uh, roll them back? They, they're giving them to you. They can decide to take them back. You are a ward of the state. Your existence, your rights as an individual, as an American, are dependent upon the whims of government. So why, wouldn't you, why would you be surprised that you would lose some of them? Of course, this isn't losing anything. It actually is bringing about democracy, leaving it up to the states. The people in states can decide their own fates, and people who live in those states can move to other states if they don't like the way it is, like they're doing now when it comes to taxes and the economy and COVID and all of that. But they don't see things that way. Democrats want to ban anything they don't like and make mandatory everything they do. Period. End of story. That's who they are. Oh, my God previously granted constitutional rights and then when you sit there and you talk to the bernie sanders of the world the aocs and what do they say housing is a human right housing is a human right health care is a human right your human right to health care requires somebody else to perform a service and provide you with goods how dare they charge you for those sorts of things all those years of medical school to essentially work as an indentured servant to put it mildly because what kind of a monster can ch charge somebody and make a profit and pay off student loans for medical school for a human right? They're just, uh, I would say they're not thinking, they can't connect these dots, but they, they are thinking someone, these people aren't dumb, they're evil, they're corrupt, there's a difference. The people they're preaching to are the dumb ones, the people who hear all of this garbage and go, my God. My God, those Republicans are trying to kill us all. Those are the dumb ones. Those are the dumb ones. The dumb ones are the people who these fundraising emails going, if we don't get uh, $30,000 by midnight, the filibuster will continue to exist. Like, really? Uh, the filibuster is going to continue to exist either way. Your fundraising goal is not legally binding in any way, shape, or form. It works on somebody. Because there's a slice of the population that is just so dumb that their lucky breathing is a reflex because they would not be able to remember to do it otherwise. I'm, I'm, look, I'm just looking this guy up because I just saw on Twitter. Anytime somebody says something like this, you, you got to investigate what it is. A guy called Simon Gwynn, at Simon Gwynn with two N's. He is a deputy news editor at Campaign. Contact him. His email is at Haymarket.
supposed journalist, right? Well, there you go, supposed journalist. And you look at this series of tweets because he's he's over in the UK and ship. Why are these foreign people so concerned about Americans being able to have abortions on demand up until you know the kids twelve or whatever? Why do they care? I see that he tweeted out, I've removed my recent two tweets about the U.S. Supreme Court. As on reflection, they're obviously pretty irresponsible, though I don't think they would be against Twitter's terms of services. FYI, I don't endorse murdering anyone, but don't think there's anything wrong with thought experiments. Like, what? I don't think, I, I don't endorse murdering anybody. I've removed some tweets. They're not against Twitter's terms of service. So I was like, I had to know what in the hell this guy's saying out there on Twitter. This Brit is saying. So I found him. Jerry Dunleavy from, I think he's the examiner. Is he the examiner? Yeah, the examiner. Um, had them. Quote, these are Simon Gwynn, liberal, progressive leftist. Interesting real-life trolley problem in America now. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito, the two oldest right-wing Supreme Court judges, should you do it while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? That's a lovely thought. Isn't that lovely? These leftists, these progressive, even around the world, you're worried about people not having enough abortions on the other side of the planet that you're saying they're going, maybe we should kill two justices. It's interesting, his next tweet, quote, it's interesting as an abstract question, but becomes a real conundrum if, say, you're terminally ill and have little to lose yourself, but know that it could save many women's lives in the future. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think that they're they're uh, against Twitter's terms of service. No, you can you can threaten to kill conservatives on Twitter, and you know, they're cool with it. If you had said, "Hey, uh, only only women can get pregnant," that's against Twitter's terms of service. That will get you banned or violated or whatever. But otherwise, it's cool. You go, "Hey, you know what? Let's murder the black guy and the white guy, so Joe Biden can replace them." Okay. I mean, if you want to play these, the, the left always loves these sorts of games. But if they want to play these games, there are many, many ways that you can go about playing these games. Oh, my God, the Democrats have a very tenuous hold on the United States Senate, for example, right? Some states require that if a senator uh, vacates their seat for whatever reason, say they die, that the governor has to appoint a replacement of the same party. That's common in a lot of states, but other states allow the governor to do whatever they want. There are some states with a Republican governor and Democrat senator or senators that if, you know, just for fun, if you wanted to take over control of the United States Senate, and hey, man, we're just, it's just a, it's just a thought experiment, but if you wanted to take over the United States Senate, you could say maybe we should kill a Joe Manchin. Yeah, he votes with Republicans on procedural issues, but on other things, he doesn't. Governor Justice over there in West Virginia, maybe he could appoint a Republican. Or John Tester out there in Montana. I think there's a Republican governor in Montana. 
There are plenty of options out there. I don't know what the rules are, what the laws are in those states, but we're just having a thought experiment, right? Now, the left would absolutely soil their underoos over this. They would absolutely freak out. My God, how can you say that? Don't even point this out. You're putting ideas in crazy people's heads and so on and so forth. These same people who would be saying that are the same people who said Republican health care plans would kill 10,000 people a year. 10,000 people a year would die unnecessarily because of Republican health care plans. They said that. They said that back in the uh, first year of the Trump administration. That was their argument. Because some D-bag at Princeton said, or Yale or one of those Ivy said, well, the Republican plan will kill 10,000 people a year to repeal and replace Obamacare. How? It doesn't matter how. Nobody looks at the details. It's a prediction about the future that serves the liberal agenda. So let's simply regurgitate it as truth. And Rachel Maddow and the rest of the bull cut brigade over there at MSNBC and CNN repeated it ad nauseum. And a guy called James Hodgkinson was sitting at home watching those people which already is a sign of mental illness that they're sitting around watching. And he said, oh, my God, these Republicans are going to kill 10,000 people a year. And if you can prevent the deaths of 10,000, the unnecessary deaths of 10,000 people a year, don't you have a moral obligation to do something about it, to try and do it? Well, James Hodgkinson, Bernie bro, progressive leftist fan of Rachel Maddow, he absolutely believed that. He knew that he had to act. It was a moral obligation in his mind. And so he took his rifle and he drove all the way to Washington, D.C., northern Virginia, to be exact, found out where Republicans were practicing for their annual congressional baseball game and opened fire on them after confirming that it was that the Republican team that is all right well I'm going to try and kill as many of them as possible you can kill enough maybe you can switch the balance of Congress suddenly it's not so abstract it's not such a thought experiment anymore is it Simon Gwynn it's weird how that works you can't sit there and say words are violence. And if you dead name somebody, if you say Bruce Jenner instead of Caitlyn Jenner or Bradley Manning instead of Chelsea Manning, oh my goodness, you are a horrible human being. Don't you understand the damage that you're doing? And then you say, well, maybe we should kill one of these. Maybe somebody should kill these. Obviously, somebody who's terminally ill. That's like saying, why don't we do this? And then starting the search to find somebody to do this. And then say, well, it's just, it's just a thought experiment. It's just a thought experiment. What if we killed, just a thought experiment, not killed. But what if uh, somebody like a Simon Gwynn, every time he went out in public, somebody punched him in the face? Just, just uh, hypothetical, hypothetical situation. Somebody punched him in the face. Now it's over in the UK. So logistically, it'd be a little difficult, but there are some people over there. Maybe we get uh, foreign nationals to do it. So they're, you know, right at the end of their vacation, punch Simon Gwynn right in the nose. Probably not going to do hard time over that. You'd likely be sent home. So when you're ready to go home, find Simon Gwynn and punch him in the nose. What would that be like? Hmm? Would it be immoral? Would it be? No. We're just having a thought experiment. How these people live with themselves, how they they exist in a home with a reflective surface without 
I don't know, punching themselves in the face repeatedly will remain forever a mystery to me. But I just wanted to give you a, a little look into the mindset of people on the left. Remember, they hate you. They are no longer the opposition, the people in power. They are the enemy. They are treating you as the enemy. They are advocating the murder of people. They are threatening. There's a group called, uh, was it Ruth? Some, Ruth sent us. They are planning on going to the homes of the conservative Supreme Court justices and protesting out there. Well, it just takes one person, rile up the mob. Somebody throws something, uh, something happens, something horrible happens, the children are home. Whatever it is, imagine the families probably had to leave their homes. Realistically, there should be armed security around these people. And if anybody even makes a threatening move or gesture, they should be taken down one way or another. They're putting up those um, unclimbable fences around. If you've ever been to a, a Republican or Democrat convention since 9-11, I never went to one before 9-11, but I've been to a bunch of them since 9-11. And they, they surround this gigantic perimeter with these fences that you can't climb. They're really, you can't knock them over because they're all linked together. They're, they're pretty good. We should put them down on the border, except you could climb over if you had a ladder. We should put them down at the border, cover them with razor wire, and then electrify them, and that would stop people. But that's beside the point. They're putting those around the Supreme Court. Why? Not because conservatives might go down there and celebrate if this decision actually ends up being the decision, which I'm not convinced that it is, but because the left-wing mob is ready to commit violence. They're desperate to commit violence. They yearn to commit. They live for violence. It is their oxygen. And so you've got to keep this violent mob outside of Molotov cocktail-tossing distance from the physical building of the Supreme Court. We have this thing in our society where we allow these people their tantrums. And if their tantrums are nonviolent, I don't care. If they're sitting there screaming at the sky, I don't care. But once you start spending, I don't know, day 90 trying to kill police officers with Molotov cocktails and bricks hurled towards them or trying to blind them with green lasers or something. At that point, I, I think all bets are off. If you're trying to do physical harm to somebody, you should run the risk of having legal physical harm done to you. Like if there's a, somebody with a gun up on the roof of a building and they see somebody ready to throw a Molotov cocktail toward anything, you should be able to take that person out brick same way now you say well Derek that really sounds fine no it's just not it's I don't think you'd have to do it I think that you'd, the idea of mutually assured destruction would keep people in line but if you're sitting there allowing police officers to get brained allowing police officers to get blinded and then knowing full well that if you go into the crowd and you arrest that person the left-wing prosecutor is going to go I don't really see what we have much of a case here I mean all we have evidence-wise is footage of the person doing it, right? We don't take into consideration that they're out there doing it for justice, right? They, uh, they Reginald Dennyed that police officer with that cinder block in the name of justice. And that really doesn't show up on the video where he's hitting the cop with the brick and then high-fiving his friends. But you can tell clearly that deep down in his soul, he's upset. 
No. If you ran serious consequences, I wouldn't be saying these things if actually the people who were doing it faced serious consequences for doing it. If the police, upon watching somebody throw a brick, went, let's go, and they went out there in force and they knocked everybody else down until they got to the person who threw the brick or the, the firebomb and brought them back in there and anybody who took a swing and a cop on the way that they were grabbed too, if they did that, I'd be all in favor of it. I say I don't care what the political motivation is for the people trying to kill police officers or government officials or destroy government property, but there's only one side that ever does it. So, you know, you could say this is partisan only because there's only one side that ever does it. It needs to be stopped rather than enveloping the Supreme Court in an impenetrable barrier. How about the Democrats... Rather than, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if Elizabeth Warren were cutting checks to people because the price of gas has gone up so high that it's now difficult to be able to afford Molotov cocktails. So she's concerned. I wouldn't be surprised if half these Democrats were doing that. But if they went out there and they told people to calm the hell down, it might make a difference. Not with all of them. There are some people who are just anarchists who love violence and we can deal with them. But the Democratic leadership is out there saying, you're damaging women's rights, you're hurting this, you're hurting that, you're doing scaring the hell out of people because it's one great motivator for the fall election. And they're going to try and keep this going through the fall election, no matter what the Supreme Court decision is. So the Democrats have, for the past five, maybe eight years, tried to find simmer on their people. This is what my book was, uh, went into a lot. They try to find simmer. They don't want a full boil because that'll make a mess. And if suddenly they do burn down the Supreme Court or somebody kills a child of a Supreme Court justice or even hurts one, that's going to turn off a lot of people to the left-wing cause. But they do want people mad enough to go out to the Supreme Court every day. They like people, maybe they're some are a little uncomfortable, but they're seemingly okay because they're not condemning it. People going to the houses of Supreme Court justices and having their voices be heard. People have a right to have their voices heard. Nobody condemned the screaming and yelling at Mitch McConnell's house. Nobody on the left did. They didn't care. Not any, they, if they did, they didn't do so loudly or in a sustained way. So they don't actually care about this. They want to keep simmer because they know a still pot where nothing is bubbling. Democrats get their asses handed to them in November. Quite simply, to put it bluntly, that's what's going to happen. If they can rile up their base, maybe they can get their base to either show up enough or intimidate other people not to show up enough to make a difference to save some of them. So they want to find that sweet spot where it's simmering. The problem is if you've ever simmered anything, you're much more likely to boil over than you are to not boil at all and not bubble at all. You always end up going too high because you sit there and you stare at it and you go, well, it's not doing it. I'm going to turn it up a little bit. And then you go, all right, well, let's do it a little faster. We'll turn it up a little bit. With human beings and keeping them in an emotional state where they're easily manipulated, you've got to keep tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it. And it's a very fine line between keeping people worked up and having them in an absolute frenzy where they will commit violence. If any violence befalls anybody involved in this, 
It will be the fault of Democratic leadership who's gone out there and said wildly incendiary things that they would absolutely condemn if they were said by Republicans. But they're fundraising off of it instead, because that's who the Democratic Party is these days. Now I want to play you this, this clip from California Governor Gavin Newsom. You have to understand who Gavin Newsom is. He is... He's the type of guy who would call out his own name during sex and mean it and mean it. He was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle when he was mayor of San Francisco years ago. And he, um, he was always very ambitious. Then he had sex with his chief of staff's wife, I believe it was. His chief of staff was his best... If his best friend wasn't his chief of staff, then it was his best friend's wife. He had sex with his friend's wife while married because he's an absolute unadulterated narcissist. (laughs) He spends more time on his hair every day than he does on the budget of California in any given year. That's who he is. He is the decree issuer. Do as I say, do not have groups of more than six to not be inside without masks. And then he goes to one of the most expensive restaurants in the country with a group of friends, lobbyists, everything. Um, He said it was a a friend's birthday. I don't think it was the friend whose uh, wife he'd slept with. Uh, I don't think it was his birthday they were celebrating. I can't imagine they're friends anymore. But um, he just, he's a raging hypocrite and an incredible narcissist. If you get a chance... I highly recommend finding online. So it's fine. It's on YouTube. It's it's pretty easy to find if you just search um, Gavin Newsom and Adam Carolla. Gavin Newsom went on Adam Carolla's podcast years ago, and Adam Carolla just he destroyed him by asking him basic questions, basic questions like about education. And Adam Carolla's answer, everything Adam Carolla's answer is the family. It's, the, it's about the family. Bring it back to the family. The family, the family, the family. And Gavin Newsom wants it to be racism. Why there are different groups and disparities between, um, you know, outcomes in education between white and black kids or uh, white and Hispanic kids. Why are they, and it goes, Adam says, why not Hispanic or why not Asian kids? Asian kids are doing better than white kids. Well, uh, and he won't go into it. He won't acknowledge anything. It's just racism. racism. He's, a, he's a walking talking point. I can't do it justice. It, you, I suggest you listen to the interview itself. But in the course of that interview, Gavin Newsom says he was raised by a single mom. He understands how tough it is. He was raised by a single mom. And that makes you, when you say that, when somebody says that, that is used as a weapon to sort of disarm the situation. Like, well, hey, I know struggle. I was raised by a single mom. We, you know, SpaghettiOs for dinner, no lunch, all this. That's, that's what it, I was just this side of Oliver Twist with my single mom, because that's what society has sort of conditioned us to think. Gavin Newsom's father, who was still in the picture, they did divorce, but it was, you know, taking care of them. And the lifestyle that uh, Gavin Newsom's mom was used to. He was the chief legal counsel for Getty Oil. 
There's a lot of money in Gavin Newsom's past, but he glossed over that to go with, I was raised by a single mom sort of thing. There are holes in my socks. And I remember Christmas, we would just mend our socks and we'd give them to ourselves. And that was the only thing we could afford for Christmas. No, 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 no. When your father is chief legal counsel to Getty Oil, you're not going without anything, I'm afraid. But he doesn't broadcast that because he's a liar. He wants to project this image. So when you actually confront him, ask him serious questions, legitimate questions, especially coming from you know the liberal media, these Democrats are ill-prepared for it. So yesterday, Gavin Newsom was asked, there's a, a pretty significant, if you've ever seen, and you can find them online pretty easily, these uh, people who ride their bikes or drive, now they drive their cars because they don't want to ride their bikes because somebody will knock them off their bike and, and steal their bike. Soon they'll be, you know, getting them out, ripping them out of their cars at stoplights, carjacking them, these homeless encampments, where you see it's just block after block after block of tents. Of tents, and no, it's not the Boy Scout National Convention where everybody's, you know, saving money on hotels this year or trying to be green or anything like that. It's adult human beings, mental problems, drug addiction. You go lenient on drugs, and guess what happens? More drug addicts. And it's just California, the beaches are horrible. They're littered with human debris, waste needles, you name it. And so this is what Gavin Newsom's California has become. And if you remember from a couple of, what is it, like a month and a half ago, the Amazon orders and the train depot in Los Angeles are just, the train depot is just littered with boxes. Why? Because Gang members just jump on these trains, rip the doors open and go through the boxes and they steal the stuff they like and they throw the stuff they don't like on the ground. And nobody does anything about it because Gascon, the prosecutor out there, is not interested in prosecuting theft. It's a victimless crime unless, you know, you're the seller or the buyer and you're a victim, but you don't count because racism or something like that. By the way, they've gotten the recall announcement uh, to get rid of Gascon has reached five or 400,000 signatures. They have until early July to get to 544,000 or something like that. Very doable. They probably need to get to like 650,000 just to make sure that um, there are enough that they can, you know, because the Democrats will throw out the people who say this is what democracy looks like, scared to death of democracy. But hopefully they get there. Anyway, this is this is the California that Gavin Newsom has built. People's stuff being ripped off in broad daylight, and nobody gives a damn. Nobody gives it. Oh, they went down and they cleaned up the boxes. They cleaned up the boxes because the trains almost couldn't make it through anymore. They had to clean up the tracks because there was so much garbage on there. People jumped down and you know, somebody trying to steal an iPad or something might jump off a train and turn an ankle because an old box that was ripped out might be covering up a hole. And you can't have that. You got to worry about the physical safety of these criminals. Well, Gavin Newsom was asked about homelessness. He was asked about inflation, which is also important because he's out there. He's promising that he's going to make a constitutional amendment in the state of California 
to protect abortion, which is his right to do. That's kind of the point of federalism. And he thinks he's being a heroic figure in the Democratic Party, and maybe he is in the Democratic Party because the bar is so low. But he was not prepared for this basic question. If you're going to deal with this, that isn't an issue, that California isn't even running risk of outlawing abortion at all. Democrats have absolute control. There's nothing that's going to change for anybody in California. But you're going to burn calories and peacock around claiming to be some hero and champion of women when, you know, while you're peacocking, you have to step over at least 15 homeless people. <laughs> and uh, the the price of gasoline is like 6 $7 a gallon out there in California. These are more pressing issues than abortion, which wasn't going to change in California no matter what the Supreme Court did. He doesn't have much of an answer. Why is this issue more important than inflation and homelessness and everything else happening here in California? Because rolling back your fundamental constitutional rights has a profound impact across the spectrum of issues. It's a foundational issue. Everything's built off that fundamental right. Freedom. I mean... If guys like me were getting pregnant every day, you, I mean, does anyone think this? I mean, this is comical. This is about controlling women. We know that. <laughs> this is... <laughs> he was out. It's a fundamental freedom. So I think halfway through his answer about a fundamental freedom, which would have made sense and sounded really good if he hadn't been for forcing state employees to get vaccinated. You know, <laughs> my body, my choice. I mean, not when it comes to the shot, go get the shot. We all these Democrats demand that your bodily autonomy end when it comes to these shots here. They don't have a good excuse. Now they're saying, That's a, you see, women can, they can, well, the choice is whether or not to have unprotected sex, right? Isn't that, isn't that a choice? How many choices do you have to make? How many different things do you have to do? California, you can have an abortion anytime you want. That's the way California wants to go. The state of California will likely pay for it for you, too, on top of it all. They just love abortion out there. Nothing is going to change, but he's going to burn a lot of calories and political capital going, we need to make sure that we pass a constitutional amendment to ensure that forever and ever and ever you're going to have an abortion in California. Is California really at risk of turning red anytime soon? No, it's not. The people who are inclined to vote for Republicans have gotten the hell out of Dodge in California. So if anything, Democrat power has gotten even more solid, solidified, whatever. But I didn't care about the homeless people. No, this is more important. This is more important. There are, it makes you think, man, wouldn't a vasectomy be easier for you, Gavin? No, I'm not saying that he's having women have abortions. But the men who are out there really adamant about this. First of all, it's funny because the, what does the left say? They've suddenly discovered biology again. Women are have this fundamental right. Well, what's a woman? Well, now they know. Now they know what a woman is. There's no question about what a woman is. They're somebody who can get pregnant. They've even stopped, although there have been some people who have gotten mad because they're leaving out trans men. They're leaving. When you say that women can get pregnant, you're saying that you're you're that trans men can't get pregnant. Well, because they're not really leaving them out. Trans men are women. Sorry, but you are. 
But okay, who cares? If you want to live in a delusional world, knock yourself out where you're offended that somebody isn't including you in the abortion debate. But actually, if trans men are men, they're really women, but if trans men are men, they need to shut the hell up about the abortion issue because as we've been told by the left, abortion is something that should only be talked about by women. And if trans men are men, those women are not men, right? You're following? I know you need like a slide rule to figure this out, but it just goes to show the absurdity of the left and watching these people bend themselves into pretzels is one of my favorite things all time. But we're always told men should not have, keep your laws off my body. Men, you don't have a say in abortion unless you're a man who gets pregnant. What? No, no, stop it. Well then, okay, if men can't say anything about it, why do trans women get to say stuff about it? Because they're men. Are they not? Like, you, you can't follow the logic of the left because there is no logic of the left. All you have to do to defeat a leftist in a debate is hold a mirror up to them. And they know they won't recoil in horror because they're, they're ugly, although they might. Uh, and they will be able to see their reflection. They're not vampires. But because the best weapon against these leftists is their own words, their own words, their own actions, the own things that they themselves have advocated for for years until it became politically inconvenient. And then they say, wait a second. No, 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 no. You can find footage of Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Barack Obama, uh, Joe Biden, anybody out there, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, talking about the need to secure our southern border and the damage not securing our southern border will do to our country and our economy. They were adamant. My God, they were rabid. They wanted a wall and a half up there. They wanted deportation. They were in favor of self-deportation. They were in favor of going after employers to make hiring illegal aliens so difficult and so painful if they're caught that they'd almost put the company out of business so they wouldn't do it. And then once these illegal aliens couldn't find work, they'd leave. They'd go back home. They were all in favor of that, these Democrats were, or at least that's what they said in various floor speeches. It somehow never managed to find itself, find its way to materializing into a piece of legislation even when they controlled everything. Like I said... How do you campaign on something being wrong if you fix what is wrong? You can't. So you, you keep it there, but you pretend to give a damn. That's why Democrats are where they are with abortion. They could have changed the law. They could have made it a federal law. They chose not to. They actively chose not to. But boy, howdy, did they run on it. Boy, howdy, did they campaign on it. Boy, howdy, did they fundraise off of it they care so much that they're willing to look past the real problems that your grocery bill is probably going to cost you about 40 percent more this week than it would have a year ago that your gasoline costs are through the roof the cost to cool your house this summer is going to be significantly more than it was last year but they're going to work really hard to make sure you can have an abortion but are they really are they really? If they, quote-unquote, solve that problem, what are they going to grouse about? What are they, if California moves today, and they could, to introduce a constitutional amendment or a law or whatever to make abortion legal and forever in California, they could. 
Then Gavin Newsom would be left with what? Oh, he might be carried on somebody's shoulders for a couple of blocks till the weekend. But come Monday, there's still going to be a couple hundred thousand homeless people out there. There's still going to be massive inflation. They're still going to have the highest gasoline prices in the entire country. So they can't move quickly. They need to milk this. If this were as important as they say, they would move heaven and earth to do it now. They aren't. Because they need to make this last at least through a good chunk of the summer. Otherwise, they might run risk of being held accountable for their other failings. By voters. Nothing scares a liberal more than that. I want to shift gears. There's a, there's a divide over there in the White House. A house divided it's against itself cannot stand. But the Democratic Party is constantly divided against itself. If you think about the people who make up the Democratic Party, I don't want to cast aspersions, but they are very different groups of people, a coalition that individually hate each other and their interests. You have to be an interest group in the Democratic Party. You have to be desperately trying to get attention and uh, government favors. And there are only so many government favors and only so much government money to go around, even when the drunken lunatics are in charge of the credit cards. So you're constantly going, well, I'm trying to curry favor with this. I want favor. I want attention. Pay attention to me. No, 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 no. Pay attention to me. Give us favor. That's what the Democratic Party is. Somehow they managed to coalesce it around. And the reason they are able to get them to not really fight with each other is because of what I've already touched on. They, um, they lie about conservatives. They create this boogeyman called conservatives in their mind. And they say, well, yeah, no, we're getting screwed over this time. And they're paying attention to another group. But we have to. Sacrifices have to be made or else the conservatives will take over. And that'll be worse. They're so brainwashed, they believe, that the idea of individual freedom and liberty and responsibility, that's the one that really scares them, would be worse. So... They just go along with it. Or they're blissfully unaware, which is entirely possible. Every once in a while, those, those cracks, by the way, show up. When Prop 8 out in California, the gay marriage proposition, when that was passed, when, that, when the voters, when you know, actual democracy took place, Democrats sued, of course, immediately and stopped it. But um, it passed in California largely thanks to the black vote. Nobody talks about that. Instead, they went after the guy who founded the Mozilla company and made him resign from his own company because they threatened violence and everything because that's what the left does. They found a white guy to blame when a white guy donating $1,000 and casting one vote wasn't the difference maker. It was the vast, vast majority of black voters voting against gay marriage that did it. But Democrats couldn't go after them. They're very masterful and how they manipulate people. But they don't get along very well amongst themselves. And there are a lot of ways they're like male beta. You can't have two of them. They're like Highlanders. There can be only one. The job of the vice president of the United States is to preside over the United States Senate, even though they don't do that. They're the president of the Senate, but they're never there. They never show up in the Senate, So, except for when they know there's going to be a tie vote. Otherwise, they're nowhere near the Senate. They're out traveling the country, attending funerals, giving speeches. And ever since Al Gore and Dick Cheney 
they've had some responsibilities, but they don't actually make the ultimate decision. The president still makes the ultimate decision. The job of the president, a vice president, is to support the president of the United States. It is to be whatever the hell the president tells you to do. That's the job. And if the president has some screwy, cockamamie ideas that they want to put forth, you as vice president have to be on board with that or resign. Those are the two things. And I recognized this when I was a lowly press secretary in the United States Senate for Conrad Burns from Montana. I'd never been to Montana. I'd never, you know, never even thought about going to Montana. But here I was. I was supposed to communicate with the people of Montana what Senator Burns was doing. My job was to do just that. He was elected by them. I was not. There were plenty of things that I had to write press releases and statements and quotes from the senator and write op-eds on that I would not have cared to do. And no, this is a bad idea, or I think this is bad, or I don't know why you're bragging about getting this money from this pool. But I was not elected. My job was to support the person who was. So when there was a vote coming up on a certain issue, the good thing is some senators didn't do this. Most senators didn't do this, but a few did. At an open-door policy, Senator Burns did. If he was in his office, his door was open. You didn't have to say, is he in? Or you just If the door's open, he's not in a meeting, and he's in there, you can go in and talk to him about whatever you want. Pending issues, I was... I sort of also functioned as a, a health policy aide because he wasn't on any relevant committees, so he didn't have a staffer that focused exclusively on health policy. And there were sometimes went in there and, and I talked with him. I'd say argued with him, but that really isn't the right way to put it. I'd talk with him about a particular piece of legislation that the Senate was going to be voting on later that day or later that week. And we'd have a frank discussion. I Sometimes I'd be able to nudge him in a certain way, maybe supporting a different amendment or something like that. But most of the time, he had his opinions. He was the guy who was elected. I was not. And I uh, did not get my way. But even though I didn't get my way, it was my job to sell whatever he did, whatever he voted, whatever, whatever it was, as the cat's meow. So great because that was my job as the press secretary. The job as vice president is very much that same way. I mean, do you think that Morris Day agrees with everything, or Jerome agrees with everything Morris Day does? Probably not. But he's the hype man. That's the job. That's the gig. So they do it. You have your chance to have a say behind closed doors. And then once the captain decides, once the coach decides what's going on, you get on board or you get out. If there was something so egregious that I simply could not bring myself to do, to support, to write about, to say and, and do what the job required of me to do, I was free to resign at any time. Kamala Harris is free to resign at any time. This story from Politico is what I'm talking about. The Biden-Harris student divide is the headline. Early in April... Vice President Kamala Harris's office began collaborating with the White House on a social media video to promote the administration's extension of its pause on federal student loan payments. Harris's office then decided against it, according to two White House officials familiar with the matter. She decided against it. 
Ultimately, President Joe Biden released his own video and Harris issued a statement about the policy. It was a shift from December, the last time the administration extended the pause, when Harris and Biden both filmed social media videos about the extension that came down then and worked with advocates of student loan uh, cancellation. Privately, Harris has advocated for additional loan forgiveness. One White House source said her office seemed initially eager to participate in the administration's public dialogue around student loans, but uh, conscious of progressive pushing, progressives pushing Biden to unilaterally cancel tens of thousands of dollars in student debt and that Biden is resisting such lobbying, the vice president has been increasingly wary of becoming part of the public face of the administration's response. In other words, she is refusing to do her job. Let that sink in. She's, I don't want to be a part of this. Well, if you cannot be a part of what this administration is doing, if you just cannot bring yourself to be a part, then get out. That's it. Otherwise, the, I'm not trying to say this to be cute or because I support what Joe Biden is doing or whatever, but the job, there are certain things that certain jobs have to be done. If you're the press secretary of Ginger Goebbels pretending she weren't going to MSNBC in a couple of weeks or whatever it is, if she simply goes out there and goes, you know what, I don't know what the president is thinking. He's crazy. He's pushing these policies. I think they're bad for the country. I would laugh hysterically, but then I would say she needs to be fired. She needs to resign. She needs to get out of there because the job of a press secretary is very explicit. If you are the secretary of transportation, and you have your own ideas about how things should be run, and the president says, I want X, Y, and Z, and you say, no, I want A, B, and C, you don't get your way. You do X, Y, and Z, or you quit. It's pretty simple. Run for office, get elected, then you get to decide what is and isn't done. That's the way it works, or the way it should work. Instead, You've got these clowns out there who behind the scenes are trying to position themselves and this, that, and why? Why? There's a very simple solution. Quit. Very easy, simple solution. Quit. Problem solved. Privately, Harris has advocated for additional loan forgiveness. The White House source, one White House source said uh, her office seemed initially, you know what's funny is one source used to not be enough used to not be enough. The delicate politics reflect the broader divisions within the administration over student debt relief, a debate that goes all the way to the top. Some of the more progressive members throughout the administration have tried to push Biden towards agreeing with the likes of people such as Elizabeth Warren and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who want the president to use executive authority to cancel up to $50,000 in student debt loans for everybody. For everybody, which is a lot. Well, it's like one point two trillion dollars or something like that at a time when we don't afford that, can't afford that. And it is largely for people with advanced degrees having that much student loan debt, advanced degrees. If you thought, well, I majored in interpretive lesbian dance at Smith College and that's two hundred thousand. And then I wasn't able to find a job, so I thought I'd go back and get my Ph.D. and my master's in the exact same worthless field I couldn't find a degree or job in earlier. That's on you. That's on you. 
<laughs> Biden has long opposed that effort on both policy and political grounds. He says he worries about the message sent by canceling debt for higher income people, as well as those who went to Ivy League schools, fearing it could create a resentment among other Americans who didn't go to college or already paid off their student loans. Hey, see, he's not completely senile. He has relative moments of lucidity. Plus, Hunter doesn't owe any money for his degrees. So he's already paid off his student loans with the ill-gotten gains that uh, the Hunter, the Biden family has already gotten. So there's no interest in it. Even as the White House hints that some amount of debt relief is coming, it emphasizes it's eyeing a targeted approach, such as capping forgiveness based on recipients' income. Based on people's income. Others in Biden's political circle see the cancellation issue as an example of Twitter isn't real life, or that noise online does not reflect the political reality in the country. Yeah. That's the problem with far too many politicians, but particularly on the left, is they do believe that Twitter is real life. They do believe that this is the way of the world. And if you put something out there really crazy, really destructive, the more destructive to the country it is, the more likely it is to be embraced by the radical left. Uh, for example, let's I've got this audio here of Gina McCarthy. She is the climate advisor to Joe Biden, the climate advisor to Joe Biden, because God knows he needs a climate advisor. And uh, she's quite proud of the fact that they're going to introduce one. If you thought things were going, you're sitting there going, why are appliances so expensive? And your initial thought is supply chain, supply chain. Yeah, supply chain is certainly playing a role. Another reason that refrigerator is getting so expensive and it's taking a while to get here because they keep changing what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to be like. Gina McCarthy, Gina McCarthy is bragging that they are introducing without any legislation. They don't, they're bypassing the legislative branch entirely. She is bragging that they're going to introduce 100 more than 100 regulations on appliances, fridges, freezers, things like that this year. 100 regular... When you're sitting there probably going, what in the hell? Why would... How are there 100 things you could regulate on appliances? They make them up. They don't give a damn. They're going full bore ahead. They don't give a damn. Listen to her. And then she talks about the airlines. She's very, very Boston. You talk about the airlines out there. These airlines, they're either going to get in line or they're going to go away. Which sounds a lot like something that uh, the mob would say to somebody. Either get in line or there's going to be nice business you got here. It'd be a shame if it blew up one Saturday afternoon, isn't it? But, uh, you know, you put Whitey Bulger in a dress, although she doesn't wear dresses. And you get Gina McCarthy and she's suddenly cool with this. We have solutions that can deliver. We're, going to, we're actually going to do 100 rules this year alone on appliances, just like you asked. We are developing partnerships on how we work together for new building standards, even for sustainable airlines. Who'd have thunk that they'd be all in, but they better be or they're going to be out of here. They better be or they're going to be out of here, all right? It'd be a shame if something happened to this lovely store you've built with your family. 
Huh. On what authority? Well, it doesn't matter. And it was sustainable airlines. What are you going to do? Are you going to put a really big rubber band and propeller in all of these airplanes? And if they don't do it, that's the only way to reduce the carbon footprint. We wind this sucker up and we let it go. Look out. Get back. And they go. It's really this Whitey Bulger and... Whitey Bulger with a vagina would be the way to put it, I guess. Because she doesn't... Gina McCarthy is like... She's the union steward who don't take no guff from nobody and she's willing to throw down with anyone. She ain't wearing a dress. She ain't wearing a dress. She probably wore the tuxedo in her wedding. <laughs> it's funny about this uh, student loan forgiveness mess that Democrats have created for themselves. This article in Politico says, uh, it's, just, it's just simply not what he thinks is the right policy decision. A White House official explained, meaning forgiving $50,000 worth of debt. They're playing with the idea of ten thousand dollars worth of debt. Now, how do you, how do you say that fifty thousand? Once you accept the concept, isn't it over at that point? It's it's over. It's a, has nothing to do with policy. If you're worried, well, it'll set a horrible precedent that people will be mad because they paid off their loans, and other people will be in the future. They'll borrow money, going, well, is the government going to bail me out? Going to set a horrible precedent there then the dollar amount doesn't matter, right? It's the concept. But Joe, Joe doesn't seem to recognize that. If he's considering making, well, it's $10,000, but only for some people, up to 125000 or 300000 for a couple or something like Those are the numbers that have been floating around. And like, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. To be honest with you, I look at this and I think, how can you restart this thing? There's so many people out there. You're gonna, you, if you're a Democrat, and this is going to be right before the election, in, at the end of August. If you're a Democrat, you cannot have this thing restart payments in August. These Democrats will be ticked off. Suddenly, you've got to come up with hundreds of dollars every month that you haven't, haven't been spending or that you have been spending because you, if you suddenly aren't spending money on this debt, you find other ways to spend that money. It screws over Democrats. They'll have to reprioritize their life, and they're not good at making decisions. They're not good at consequences. They're not good at budgeting. They're not good at things that normal human beings are. They're not good at being normal human beings. I don't know. The Democrats have sort of screwed themselves into a corner on this one but they'll probably just keep delaying it. That'll ultimately be the solution they'll come up with. It's not all abortion news. It's also transgender news as well. President of the United States yesterday, for some weird reason, I don't know. I don't know where he gets these. I, I always have to temper what I say about Joe Biden because there is the possibility that he's stupid or senile. You don't, it's a combination of both. Um, Sometimes he's more stupid. Sometimes he's more senile. Sometimes it's the perfect balance of both. And you never really know which one it is. So while he was talking yesterday and prepared remarks about the leaked draft from the Supreme Court, sniffy, gropey, gross Uncle Joe went off to say that what's next, man? What's next? Are they going to ban LGBTQ kids from sitting in classrooms with other kids? Now, how do you how do you make that leap? How do you make that leap from abortion? Even if you're dumb enough to not have read the decision or the uh, the draft, 
where it says expli- explicitly, this is not about anything else, and this cannot be used to be argued for anything else. Even if you, because the left is trying to say, well, what's next is they're going to get rid of gay marriage through this thing. Well, it actually says that you can't. Yeah, but that's what they all say. They're totally going to get rid of gay marriage. That's what they're going to do. But expressly said, no, no, because the left is never bound by their word. It's never bound by the words of others. They're not bound by anything. They don't really care. They will plow through everything. They don't give a damn. And so they apply that to everybody else. And in a way, conservatives should be more like that. But we're still honor bound to the Constitution, which is good because somebody has to be. But Joe Biden was talking about what if they what if they start banning LGBTQ kids from schools? These MAGA people, they're the worst human beings ever on the face of the planet. Listen to the president of the United the Uniter. The Uniter, Joe Biden. What happens if you have a state changes the law saying that 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 children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Is that is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history and recent American history. Yeah, they're just the worst. What if they said that uh, gay kids can't be in uh, the classroom with straight kids? What if they started segregating all oh, these MAGA people? They're the most extreme political. Fa- they're introduced. You mean, wait a second. You're describing the segregation that the Democratic Party created down in the South. You're describing perfectly what the Democratic Party did to black people in the South. What black people in this country, that's what you did to them. And they're most, the most extreme group of people in the history of this country. Democrat. First of all, nobody's advocating what you're saying for. But even if they were, all they would be doing was advocating what Democrats literally did. Not what they advocated for, what they literally did. <laughs> Doesn't occur to you. He was around for it. He bragged about how oh, he was made friends with all the segregationists when he first came to the Senate, that his state, Delaware, is a slave state. He bragged about these things blissfully unaware of what he's saying and what he's doing. Oh, these MAGA people, what are they going to do? Are they Are going to go after the gays? They're going to go after the blacks the way that we did as Democrats? Why, you jealous, Joe? You, you missed the good old days? No, no, nobody's even talking like that, except for Democrats who are cheering as various universities across the country do what? They have gay graduation ceremonies, LGBTQ graduation ceremonies. You see, they're going, no, no, that can't. Yeah, it's true. They're having segregated graduation ceremonies. It is uh, (laughs) sad, but true. Democrats have gone from wanting segregation to wanting segregation. The only thing that has changed is their motivation, their tactics, their tactics. The Human Rights Campaign, which is the big, big gay rights activist group, they advocate for lavender graduations. Oh, yes, you must have a lavender graduation. What is lavender graduation? 
oh, it's uh, your school having a separate graduation ceremony for gay students. Why? Because. Because why? Well, just because. Different dances for different students of different colors. Like, why? What the hell is going on? <laughs> because Democrats love segregation. Democrats absolutely love segregation. So they're encouraging schools to have... Democrats want different universities, different schools, different high schools to have what? To have segregated dances. You can find all this stuff online if you look hard enough. And when it is exposed, who is out there expressing outrage? It's not the Democrats. When a local news outlet discovers it, who is out there saying, this is BS, what you're doing is sick, what you're doing is wrong? It's not Democrats. What they're out there doing is what Democrats, you know, made chic. It's what Democrats did. It was official Democratic Party policy until it wasn't. Now it is again. It's weird. Everything has come full circle. And the only thing that has changed is the tactic. The goal is still the same. Divide to conquer. Turn people against each other. Scare them about what the boogeyman is doing. If you notice, there's a lot of similarities between what the left is actually doing and what the left is was that uh, Tucker Carlson hit job in the New York Times. Talk about something that fell absolutely flat. But what they did try to do was say Tucker is trying to divide people. He's trying to scare people. He's trying to do this. He's trying to do that. That's exactly what Democrats are doing. Democrats are always doing what they accuse Republicans of doing. This group is out to get you. Look out. We'll protect you. Don't worry. We'll protect. All you've got to do is stay here. Stay in your group. Segregate yourself. Wait a second. I thought segregation was bad. Segregation was bad when it was done in the name of intolerance. Now it's being done in the name of tolerance. So it's good. You know it's good because it's tolerance, right? Wait, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Don't think we're here to think for you. Okay. We shall think for you. Check your brain at the door. Well, for most Democrats, that's not an issue. They're, they don't need to check their brain. It fits neatly in the overhead compartment or under the seat in front of them. Just bizarre that these people try to pull these sorts of things. What happens next? What if they come in for the LGBTQ people? Hey, you're talking about kindergartners. How many gay kindergartners do you think there are, Joe? How many sexually active or uh, any sexually aware kindergartners do you think they are? there are, Joe? That's what Florida was trying to stop, is sick people from talking to those kids about sex. Letting them be kids and, I don't know, doing something crazy and stupid, like focusing on teaching them how to read, write, and do math. You know, all those things that we used to be able to do in this country, but we haven't been able to do since the federal government started getting involved in education. Most people aren't aware that the federal government was not involved in education until the Jimmy Carter administration when he created the Department of Education. Now you say, well, if we can get rid of that, it's all, how dare you? You're trying to cut education. No, I want to get the government out of it. It worked before government got involved in it. Suddenly, it sucks. It's not a coincidence. In the uh, 
This is an amazing bit of information here in the, uh, God, New York Times headline. Few that you can tell when they, in listing the New York Times, they realize that they're losing this battle. Still all about Florida, all about the uh, teaching children about being trans or whatever. Few transgender children change their minds after five years, study finds. <laughs> but the study, which began in 2013, may not fully reflect what's happening today when many more children are identifying as trans. Yeah, you think? And all these libs of TikTok teachers out there, oh, this is how you do it. This is how you're, this is, anybody, choose your pronoun. Choose a different pronoun today than you had yesterday. How about uh, choose header? What is it? Uh, the last Boy Scout when Bruce Willis would give the the guy who was sleeping with his wife header gut, header gut, get punched in the header gut. Young children who transition to a new gender. There's new genders out there. It's got that mm, that new gender smell. Young children who transition to a new gender with social changes taking on new names, pronouns, haircuts, and clothing, are likely to continue identifying as that gender five years later, according to a report published on Wednesday, the first of its kind. The data comes from the Trans Youth Project. Gee, what do you think they were inclined to discover? Huh? What do you think they were looking for? What do you think they cooked the books on? The data came from the Trans Youth Project, a well-known effort following 317 children across the United States and Canada who underwent a so-called social transition between the ages of 3 and 12. Participants transitioned on average at age 6.5, six and a half years old. You know, <clears throat> you know what this shows? This study, if you can call it a study. They found that 2.5% of the group had reverted to identifying as the gender they were assigned at birth. It's amazing how quickly this assigned at birth crap has become common and acceptable in news articles rather than just reality. These are the people who say, you don't believe in science because of climate change. Tell me, is that a boy or a girl? Who's to say? Science is one of the mysteries that has perplexed science. But... What this says, what it shows is the younger you get to the kids, the more damage you can do and the longer lasting that damage can be, right? If you convince a kid, if you're studying kids at the age of three, kid couldn't tell you what a boy or a girl is at the age of three. But if you uh, can convince them that what they are is in fact not what they are, then that'll stick. If you convince them of something and then reinforce it throughout their entire childhood, turns out that they'll continue to believe it. Why? Because you're supposed to, you inherently trust adults, you inherently trust your parents, you inherently trust your teachers, and when they're all conspiring in a cabal against you, or many of them are, and everybody else is terrified to say anything, a lie can continue to perpetuate itself almost indefinitely. It's a hell of a nice little thing they got there, isn't it? We found that uh, very few children detransitioned. All right, let's look at the people who transitioned in their teen years, right? And see how many of them detransitioned. No, we, we can't do that. They won't fund that study. They're not interested in that study because that study wouldn't work out very well for them, would it? Let's look at a generation that says 20% of us are transgender. 
and go, that's weird. You made it really fashionable. Let's follow up. All right, being transgender, you're not really a boy. You're a girl. All right, now let's find out when you start having sex or you're having sex with. you having sex with boys or girls. What? No, I. Uh, it, it'll be weird how these things will shake out to when they start having sex that they're having sex with, you know, the opposite gender of them. Oh, no, I'm a, a woman who identifies as a man, and I'm dating my uh, girlfriend who's a man who identifies as a woman. Huh. That's weird. How did that work? Well, because, you know, look, I'm not gay. No, you're just confused and uh, been confused by adults. And you've been perverted. You've had reality perverted by the uh, the left. Congratulations. So you sit there and you say, well, this is a bit problematic, don't you think? And Joe Biden's going, well, what if you've got one of these ones sitting next to the other ones and you're not going to allow that in schools? Maybe you should be questioning why it is any parent would say that their three-year-old is something they aren't and then change their name and everything about them. Maybe that's the thing you should question, you know? Not some hypothetical new law in a state that doesn't exist passing something that is expressly forbidden by the Supreme Court draft. Instead of going down that road, maybe you just deal with reality here and say, who in the hell is a parent that lets a three-year-old change their gender and goes, that's cool, and starts calling, legally changes their name, puts them a 12-year-old on hormone blockers. Hey, let's find out if that 12-year-old ever has kids in 10 years, huh? in 20 years, in 30 years. Let's find out if that kid drank themselves into a coma and died at age 18 because everything that they had been convinced of and conned of by their pro politically progressive parents and all their teachers union members who were cheering them along and all the tolerance and everything couldn't make them feel normal because it's not normal what they're doing. And so it drove them to a life of destruction. There's no concern about the ultimate outcome of the children. What's wrong? If you're so sure that you're not what you are, that you're something else, then waiting until you're 18 years old to do it is, uh, well, it'll give you a second graduation party. It'll be just a super cool thing. There's no harm in that. Where there is harm in it is giving you a whole bunch of hormones that perpetually, permanently, forever and ever, irreversibly damage your body. So that one day when you realize, oh my God, I was just a stupid kid going through a phase and this was trendy and now I can't have kids. I can't probably, many of them I imagine won't even be able to have sex if you mutilate yourself that much. You've boxed yourself into a corner, but boy, howdy, the Democrats had your support. They'll use you as a human prop and like an old tissue, they'll toss you out the window not giving a damn what becomes of you, because that's who these people are. It's who these New York Times editors and journalists are. Hey, these children aren't detransitioning. You mean the younger you get them, the longer you've got them? You mean the cigarette company model, hook them young, works? Yeah, that's right. Hook them while they're young. You can convince a three-year-old they can fly. You can convince a three-year-old 
that they can do anything. You can put them on top of a garage, and if you convince them that they'll fly, they'll jump off of it. You shouldn't, because you're sick if you do. That's what these Democrats are doing to these kids, and they're bragging about it under studies from the Trans Youth Project. God help them. Actually, no, God punish them. And on that charming note, let's call it a day, let's call it a week, let's get to the weekend, huh? Come on, man, let's party. Let's go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast, where you can sign up for the Weekend Effin' Review, the Mother's Day edition. We'll be talking about mothers and mother effers a lot. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. Five bucks a month is all we ask. Um, Fun, guaranteed. Everything else you're on your own for. Have a great Mother's Day. You got till Saturday, guys and gals. I'll be back here on Monday. Thanks for listening. The founding fathers were racist, misogynist jerk faces. 